As political turmoil set in a global pandemic, we thought that the world needed yet another movie podcast. We're your hosts, Evan and Drew. So we will... Drew, you want to introduce yourself a bit? Hi. That's all I got. Wow. We are really setting the tone for Eeyore on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, So that makes me Evan. And uh, Drew and I have been had a love for movies since we met, first met in high school, and it only took us till now to realize the world needed uh, two sad men talking about movies. And because it's a pandemic, we're not even in the same room. Nope. So for our first episode, we decided that to uh, pretty much recap 2020 movies, the ones that actually did get made and released. And yeah, there's a few of those. I yeah, and then you know Netflix and Hulu and HBO and Amazon really banked, and that's where I caught a lot of the movies I watched. What because what we saw two, I think two in a theater. I know we saw Birds of Prey, and that was what I was going to kick this podcast off with. <laughs> and another one that's also probably going to be the podcast. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Did we see a third before that? I I don't think so. No? Alright. So then... I apologize if Whiplash can be heard in the background. It is playing. (laughs) Simmons is currently going off on him. It's a wonderful (laughs) movie. But, alright, let's get into it. So, you want to start off with... I was going to start off with Birds of Prey. Because it was the first movie, I think, because it came out in February. I don't think anything really came out in January we wanted to see. But we kicked it off with Birds of Prey. And actually, I was just re-watching the um, police raid scene where she goes in. Spoilers, by the way, if you haven't seen it. If I don't recommend it completely, but go ahead. It's actually The action scene that in that police station was actually pretty fun to watch. Um, I, I obviously, you know, I'm a big Margot Robbie fan and Harley Quinn as well, but the the police station scene was actually really well shot, almost like I think the same guys who do John Wick choreographed the fight scenes. They did, but yeah, I I don't think it was as well done. I but like there's like when um she has like the beanbag gun. Yeah, that's the one. In the, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, the... that's just. Yeah, I, I no, no. You didn't like that? It's funny, but also no. But it was very Harley. This version, I get it. Harley. I get it. It's fun seeing Ian McGregor have fun as Black Mask. Yeah, he having the time of his life. I get it. There's a lot of the story lost me with Birds of Prey. There was this mo- had its moments, but it wasn't enough for me to say it was. Oh, well, it was better. I don't know. I don't know if I can say it was better than Suicide Squad. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. I can say that. Can you? Wholeheartedly. All right. Yes. Uh, Birds of Prey is, at its worst, a mediocre action film. Um, uh, Suicide Squad, at its worst, is what happens when you let a a trailer company have a full hour, two hour long movie. That's a fair point. That's what happened. Yeah, that's a good point. Hopefully James Gunn can save Suicide Squad because he's doing that reboot with uh, 
not Will Smith as Deadshot. I don't even think Deadshot's in it, actually. No, he's not. Yeah. But, so, yeah, we started the year off with Birds of Prey. And then everything shut down. So then we had to sit with our theater experience for 2020 with Birds of Prey. (laughs) I mean, the breakfast sandwich was good. The breakfast. Oh, where she's on that after she does the breakup. Yeah, and then yeah, like, yeah. like that description just immediately makes you want to eat, any eat yeah. Kind of breakfast. Yeah, I remember what you're talking about. I wanted her to have two hyenas. She's always had two. She's had the one. But we so, didn't get Jared Leto. We didn't get Jared Leto, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. He, not, that, uh, not that I don't like Jared Leto, just don't like Jared Leto as the Joker. No, he, he missed the mark completely. I just in terms of like if you went back to look at what they had planned, that Joker, Jared Leto's Joker versus Ben Affleck's Batman makes no goddamn sense. Mm, I agree with that. Yeah, I could. I actually, I hate to admit this because I wasn't a fan of the movie, but Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, I could see going up with uh, maybe going up with Batman better than Jared Leto at least. Mm. Mm. So, uh, what's your uh, next movie you, you want to recap? I you can do the other one. You can do the next one. Um. Well, I mean, the world ended, so there's not a lot that I have here in my uh, bag. Um. Do you want to save it? I can do another one. Yeah. All right. Well, this one is a Netflix film. I think it's actually. Let me click on it. Let me make sure it's actually 2020. 2019. I will skip that. Um, because there's a lot of movies that I've seen recently that are still 2020 movies, but yeah, I don't know when they were released. I'm gonna like bring were... a couple of those up because I saw them after 2020, and I don't know if I want to bring. I, I'm gonna bring them up because they were 2020 films, even though I saw them after. January is that uh grace period. I feel. Um, let's see the next one. Watched a lot of shows. Oh. I actually really liked Extraction, the Chris Hemsworth movie. Oh, the action movie. Yeah. Didn't it get a lot of like criticism for violence? Well, it's it it's definitely uh there's a scene where he goes in to get the the whole thing is he's hired to go get save um a really high up drug dealer's son who was kidnapped. So they hire Chris Hemsworth and then he goes in and he just destroys an entire room. There is a pretty graphic scene where he's shoving a guy's head into a, um, I'm not, it's like a rake. He shoves this guy in his, his eye too. It's like he gets the eye. They're closing up and on the eye getting closer and closer to the point. And then he just finally hammers down on the guy. I mean, they don't show it going through, but you, you know, it's, they lead you up to it. And obviously they don't show it completely breaks another guy's neck with another man's body. It's pretty impressive. Hmm. I mean, it really shows, like, it really doubles down on Chris Hemsworth's size. Like, he actually ends up, and there's a scene where he ends up fighting a group of kids, and he gets all mad, and the kids are, like, hitting him, and he's, like, pissed off, and he, like, like just slaps the kid, because he's, like, he doesn't even, it's not even a fight. <laughs> but he's beat the shit at that point. He's just, this is more annoyance on his part at this point. I think I saw, like, a clip of one action scene in there, but that's it. 
Um, it's well done. It actually made my top ten list, but with the movie really? I just saw, I don't think it would have made it. No. No, it should not make your list. But also, this is the year that a lot of things that should make your list. No. Make well, even the movies I just saw recently, um, yeah. which I'll get to, but even the movies I just saw recently, it definitely would have knocked Distraction out, but I was fair with the top 10 list. I, since I didn't see those in 2020, I didn't put them on. But Extraction, I think, was actually my number 10. Uh, did you? I, so I got two. Oh, I could bring up another one because I know you didn't see this, but I know you wanted to. Go on, just say it. All right, it's The King of Staten Island. Oh, the movie that, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. what well, Drew also wants to be a tattoo artist. And he currently still lives with his mother. Granted, we're not that old. But he felt very offended by this movie because he thought he was being attacked because this was his <laughs> The only thing is his father was not a fireman who died in 9-11. Pete <laughs> Davidson's father did, however. And this was a tribute to... Uh, really, It's really a Pete Davidson just playing himself in the movie. Yeah. It's semi-autobiographical. Semi, yeah, yeah. Because even, even Steve Buscemi's in it, and he's playing a firefighter, and anyone who doesn't know, he was a firefighter, or volunteer firefighter, I should say. And he was uh, helped volunteer clean the wreckage in 9-11. It's a good, it's a fun little movie. You know, I, I, I liked it. I saw it very early in the year. Um, Pete was fine. I mean, he's just playing himself. I mean, it was funny. It had its moments. It had its nice little sentiment moments. He has the nice scene with his mom at the end. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give it all away because you you haven't seen it. So I, don't, I want you to look at it first. I don't know when you'll ever get to it. <laughs> uh, when it's free, somewhere it's still not free. I actually, like I have, I, I might be able to give you the digital code. Yeah, if it's still available. It will be. All right, I can give you the those, digital code. Those digital codes are available for like three years. Really? Then there is a lot I could give you. <laughs> yes, I know. And I've been wondering that for years. All right, I'll see if I can find find the disc. I don't know where I put it. It's some... I do have one movie I saw, but I don't know if it was 2020. Because 2020 also feels like the year that was six in one. Yeah. Oh, there. Okay, this one was. Another Pete Davidson movie. I don't think you saw this one. It was a Hulu original. It was a Big Time Adolescence. I didn't see it. No, it's Pete Davidson playing Pete Davidson. Oh, again? Yes, but this time he takes a like a teenager underneath his wing. Oh, and I saw the trailer. I just didn't get to it. I enjoyed that movie. Um, because it does. It shows like. If you were ever that kid in high school who talked like kid, people who were older yeah the effect of that like you think that that's cool and then no no it's not not at all yeah i think that's something similar with what um a movie you hold very dear to your heart eighth grade where she's in the talking to the old high schoolers and then that scene happens well no i well, different, I different. Not... I, that is, I know what you're saying. I know. I guess because it's a teenage boy, right? Yes, and oh. it's. It, this is very much like, like let's go out and you know party. Like, you know, like let's you know get drunk, get high. Oh, so like what mid nineties did. A little bit. Okay. 
but yeah, it's along those lines. And then like the reality is like he is in no way old enough to deal with this. And this man, Pete Davidson, who is a grown man, is too old for this. Oh. So kinda like uh McConaughey. I'm just trying to drop all these names. I want to see <laughs> like McConaughey is and Days and Confused. Um uh, the sad version of that. Sad yeah, version sad of that, version. okay. Got it. Well, here's a movie we both saw separately. Um, it was Spike Lee's The Five Bloods, which you just saw recently. I saw it when it kind of like a week after it had dropped on Netflix, but it's pretty fresh in your mind because you just saw it not that long ago. Yeah, I kept forgetting that it was a thing until um, like the end of the year lists came out for a lot of people. It made mine as well. And I can see why. Yeah, it's it says a lot. He has it, he has it, so many things going on in it, and yet it all blends together really, really well. It is Spike Lee's Apocalypse Now. Yeah, yeah. Um, mixed in with just how you would expect Spike Lee to handle that. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, um, because like because there's moments when like when they're in the jungle that it's like, you can see like the zoning out they go into um more of a classic Spike Lee thing of like um uh, breaking the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Paul. Paul. Yeah, Paul. Which I also that actor uh, that's the best role he's ever had. Yeah, and so is uh Whitlock. Did I say his name wrong? I can't think of... He's the guy who's famous for doing the shit thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I gotta look up his name. Hold on. It's gonna bug me. I don't know what I'm doing. I have the laptop right in front of me. And I have the page up. What the heck? He was just on... Um, it's just, he, was on the, he was a commentary on the history of swear words. Oh, what is his? But yeah, well, um, a few. Del- yeah, Delroy Lindo, Paul. Uh, he plays Paul. Like that's his. That's the best he's ever done. Um, they have Whitlock Jr. Is the guy I'm talking about. Oh, okay, okay. Melvin in the movie. Yes, Melvin. Yeah. Although I do like the little cameo that um. Uh, see, Paul Hauser does. Yeah, you called him a stingray when we were talking about it earlier because he's that's who he yeah. is in Cobra Kai. That's who he's in Cobra Kai. That's the, I, yeah, he's I like how he just slowly become just the go to for slightly pathetic men, yeah, in the background. He got that really, I mean, that kind of kicked off with um Richard Jewell too when he was in that. Yeah, he's, he's Richard Jewell, and I don't know anyone who's well. He's Richard Jewell, and also he he plays the pretty much that, but like delusional in um I Tonya. Oh yeah, that's right. he's the bodyguard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah, just uh, you know, FBI, FBI training, CIA training. None of this is real. That's not true. Yes, it is. I think that's the yeah, that's no, end credit, isn't it? Or yeah. the ending of it. Like none of this is real, but like yeah, I'm a CIA informant. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Complete denial. Um, Chad that was also Chad one of Chad McBoseman's. Uh, it was the last movie that he was alive for. Yeah, because yeah, that's right. He was still alive when it came out. Correct. And he, I think the we talked about this 
just in our personal conversations, how we liked when the, his scenes were in there. Yeah, obviously he's. It gets a little bit of a spoiler. Chadwick Boseman's character did not make it out of the. It takes place. They're they're Vietnam War veterans, and Chadwick Boseman's character was their platoon leader, and he does not survive the war, and they go into that. So when they do the flashbacks, instead of getting younger actors to play their roles, they just bring the original, the actors playing them in present day back. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned. Do, go ahead. It's um. Well, one, realistically, it's easier, it's cheaper, um, <laughs> but also it actually is, more importantly, it shows that they're still in Vietnam. Part of them is. Yeah. Mentally, they are mentally they are still veterans. They're still there. It's still playing in their head. Um, also, it shows, like, how their memories work. You know, like, that's how they remember things still. Like, it, it's them. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? I think I think that I want to believe in Spike Lee intentionally. I don't think money was a problem. For no, no, I it think wasn't it was more it was I just, no, it, it, no, it would not be. But also I enjoy that, that every time they go back to the flashbacks, it's um a different aspect ratio. Yeah, yeah, I like that they changed it up the present day compared to Vietnam. Yeah. And then it was mm-hmm. like you say with Apocalypse now, you know, they uh I think I told, I don't know if you ever got to that interview, but um, Apocalypse Now was a horrible um, filming location because they're in the jungle. It's Everyone says it's horrible. And Oliver Stone asked Francis for Coppola any advice. He said, don't go. So, you know, Spike. I know that is, yes, that, that's the director uh, calling card every time is that don't um, in Hollywood is that pretty much is that if you're going to make a movie in the jungle, and you ask me a director, their response is supposed to be, don't do, don't it. do it. Like, don't go. Yeah, I don't know if Spike Lee asked anybody. I think he just said, screw it, I'm doing it. He knows. But uh, the point I was going to get to was, I talked early, you know, Chadwick Boseman's performance. Obviously, he had cancer for all this time since he'd been Black Panther. And uh, Clark Peters was in an interview, and they asked him, this was after he had died. And Clark Peters went on and he goes, you know, I, I feel horrible because my wife asked me what I thought of him. And he said, oh, Marvel made him precious. And she goes, what do you mean? And she goes, well, his girlfriend was holding his hand while his makeup artist was like massaging his feet. And he goes, oh, you know, this is Marvel. And then it turned out, you know, he had the cancer the whole time. He felt horrible because like it was miserable situation they were in there in the jungle it's 104 degree heat and they had all this all the gear on looked like military gear and it was this you know one of those eye-opening moments he had clark yeah. is the um main character i forget his name now what the heck i haven't seen this in a while give me a break otis otis yeah clark Pierce plays otis another one yes. of the uh, veterans yes yes he's one of the veterans the blood the bloods so um just one of those eye-opening things, you know, with Chadwick and then the fact that, you know, he kind of, he didn't flat out say it, but, you know, the conditions filming a war movie or something like that, especially Vietnam, because bo- both Apocalypse Now and Platoon, they're all Vietnam movies and they all choose to go to Vietnam and it's one of those where, don't do it. <laughs> but they pull it off and Spike Lee did a very, very nice job with this movie. I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's just a Netflix movie, so I'm assuming it's probably going to be off Oscars or even going to happen, but I don't know, but I think that um, yeah, some awards should be at least nominations should be you know, given. Although I realize now that pretty much Chadwick Boseman is pretty much their version of Kurtz in this from Apocalypse. Now. Yeah, I know he's, he's his Brando. 
Okay, that's an interesting take. I didn't think it. Well, no, because it, and not not because of what he does in particular, but because of how the idol- everyone around him sees the him. idolization of him. Idolization. They see him as an enigmatic figure. Uh-huh. Like the uh, like at one point in the narration of um, the flashbacks in the Five Bloods, like they go on to say that um, uh, his name's Norm. It, uh, Norm and uh, Norm was our Malcolm, or and, and everything like King, like they they compared him to Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, yeah, Gandhi, yeah. I, I forgot. I remember that scene. Now that you're mentioning it, I remember the, the whole thing going on about it. He literally sits on a throne at one point. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I like that scene. Yeah, you're good. That makes a good point. I didn't even think about that because we compared it to Apocalypse Now and yet we didn't even I, I didn't and, uh, even think about that. I also because um, throughout the movie uh, you see that uh, main, and I think I would call him pretty much the main character, Paul. Um, Go ahead. Uh, Delroy Lindo. I think that he's pretty much the main character I would, I would argue. Yeah. Um, like they go on, like they like they say like like um, because he really has really bad PTSD and a number of other issues that they don't really go into. Uh, was a bad father to his son. We see that because they see the son. And what I like, though, also is um, everyone else in the, like the other Bloods think that it um, Paul's reaction to all the information with Norm is because oh, they were really yeah. close. They were close, but also it's revealed by the other movie, which once again, spoilers, Paul is the one who accidentally killed Norm. Right. And he sees that you moment constantly. You should have emphasized mm-hmm. the bigger spoiler on that one, but oh well. Here we are. Oh well. You I said spoiler. But he said that's the moment that he sees constantly in his head. And I like the fact that also they don't try and make it a touching moment. Um, in the flashback, they show what happened, and it's flat out just he accidentally shoots Norm, Jack Bozeman. Mm-hmm. Like, it was an accident, and they don't even get a touching moment to say goodbye, to look at each other. He's just gone. He's, by the time he yeah, holds he was, his body he was over, dead he's by the time he hit the ground. Pretty much. I mean, it's just, but yeah, like, the, yeah, there's no touching moment, there's no resolution, there's nothing you can hold on to, and that's what sets that's what sets up the rest of right. his life. Well, it shows something that I'm sure it happened that happened in Vietnam, where something like that really did happen. Mm-hmm. Like I said, but it's just that he lives like that's why this is so right. important to him to bring back because if we find out throughout the plot that they're both looking for gold. That they stole pretty much. Well, they go into that too, and <laughs> and also they are uh, no. looking for Chadwick Boseman Norm's yeah. body. And why is it so important to Paul? And this is why. And Paul's son, his kind of a strange son, joins them as well, and that's always um trying to help him out. And there's a really good scene I like when um. They go through a minefield on accident, and that's where Paul Walter Hauser's character kind of comes in too. And you know, the whole time his Paul is just does not want his son there at all. 
and he's just constantly putting him down. And finally, when it came to it, you know, his spoiler, the son steps on a mine and he pretty much rallies everyone together. He's like, he's got to save his son from it. And uh, I won't tell you in case you guys want to watch. I won't say if he gets off the mine or not safely. Whatever listeners we decide to get. We might just be talking into a void. Oh, okay. We are. But that's fine. Um, well, I think we've really covered the five bloods. And there's well, a that's lot the thing. I, we can make a whole movie. podcast just on talking about the five bloods. There's just so much there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's another well, one you want to talk one about? one that isn't just... really a movie. It's actually... I, I guess it's called the taping of a play. And see, oh, okay. I knew this would touch you near and dear because a day before the 4th of July, Disney gave us the, play, the taping of Hamilton, which was fitting because, you know, Independence Day and this is the Forefathers and Lynn manuel Miranda. It, it's, a, it's a musical the whole way through. Um, yeah, so, well, I mean, Evan, we're trying to describe Hamilton, the, you know, biggest thing oh. to hit musical theater well, in, I've in never five seen years. The play. Yeah, neither, neither have I. No, most no. people had not well, seen the play at that Now, point. I think when they do do it, it's not even the original cast, but the original no, cast no, 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 is in the taping of the play. This was, uh, this was a. A recording of two days. Um, it was back in two, yeah, see, twenty sixteen. I want to say, yeah, twenty sixteen. They did this. Yes, they taped it back in twenty sixteen, and they. It was twenty sixteen, and it was um, Lin Manuel's plan that it be held off for release for years because he wanted to make sure that enough people got to see it in a theater the way it was presented. All right. Well, I I appreciate that. I think Lin-Manuel Miranda, he's the Disney owns him because he's the Moana guy. And, and he also got, he also has another movie coming out now for Disney. I forget what. Uh, I think I heard this and I don't remember what it was. I don't remember the name of it, but yes, he, yes, he has. I just want in the Heights and that's all I want. Which we were to get this I, year, but yeah. 2020 decided to. Nope, nope, nope. But yes, In the Heights will be fantastic. Yeah. As I, that's the movie that I really desperately want to see in yep. the theater. That's the one movie that, like, I, I for sure I, need to see in the theater. I totally agree with that. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on Hamilton? I mean, I don't want to. I mean, it's nice. It, they, you know, different act. There's actors that play two different roles, like David Diggs, who we're um, big fans of. Yes, I love David Diggs. So this was, yeah. So I don't know much to say about Hamilton, really. Yeah, I like I, I like history. Uh, I, whenever I kind of come across something historical, I'll read it. Um, so this was kind of cool. You know, obviously it's about Hamilton. You know, I don't think many people. Remember him because, you know, he was back then, especially now, people, if he wasn't a president, even people now don't know who the presidents were, but he's one of those forgotten ones, but he is on the $10 bill. So 
If a ten dollar yep. bill, you'll know who <laughs> Hamilton is. Um, obviously Jefferson, who's what, it's, which is one of David Diggs's characters. Um, the opening song song for uh, when Jefferson first comes in, I like a lot. <laughs> the "What Did I Miss" song. Oh yes, uh, oh yeah. What I miss, it, I, I I love the fact that like as soon as he like they turn and his character's a uh, little stand, the crowd still erupts even though like they because like they know it's supposed to be introducing a new character, so they act like it's a new character. But they've also seen David Diggs at this yeah, point for about two hours as, as a Frenchman. Yeah, yeah, and I liked. Um... I think I know Manuel. I don't know many of the actors other than that, but the guy who plays King George is in um, the show Mindhunter. I believe he's in Glee yeah, too. He, um, he's in, oh, yeah, he was in Glee. Um, uh, the guy who played uh, George Washington, he also um, is the dad singing voice, the chief of, in Moana. The singing voice for Moana? Okay, because I was going to say I yeah. thought it was. That was Boba Fett. No, Boba Fett. no, no, no. He, no, but he does he the does singing the sing- for it. Um, a lo- yeah. I'm like, I was confused. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure the guy who plays Boba Fett is the voice of. Yes, he is. But no, he does. He just does the singing voice. Um, actually, uh, I saw. I I guess this does tie into it. I guess I did see it this year. It's um, it's on Hulu. It's um, there, Lin Manuel, him, and like a bunch of other. People, I think the V Diggs is part of it too. They used to do this show, it was like an off, off Broadway uh-huh. show, and it was like Love Supreme or something like that. And like when you see them, like that's like they freestyle, they rap, they joke. It, it's an like it's a variety show, pretty much. And these were the uh, a lot of the people were supposed to be. In Hamilton, it was only it turned out only him, uh, the guy who played Washington, did. But uh, do you remember the uh, rapper in uh, Pitch Perfect? Oh man, uh, the first one. In the first one, oh, second one, I think. Oh, yeah, I know. Can... I, I I've seen Pitch Perfect both of them once in a theater with ex girlfriends. So I, I don't think. <laughs> It's not but, Anna uh, Kendrick. He, uh, no, okay, okay, but anyway, so like a lot of the, a lot of actually well known names came out of the Love Supreme uh, show they did, and they were in Hamilton. That's where oh, they okay. crossed over. Because Lin Manuel was the one who start, helped start Love Supreme, and he kind of just took a bunch of people off of that. I'll have to look into that. I, I, that sounds interesting. Because I've never seen you watch a documentary, and like. Um, the guy, because uh, he actually, uh, I can't think of his name now, but the guy who plays Burr was not meant to be mm. play Burr. It was um, the rapper from Pitch Perfect oh, okay. that I was talking about. But he had personal demons he was dealing with at the same time, and so it was just the reality of, like, we can't rely on you to do a show. Well, yeah, the, they tore around you know, and all that. Six, yeah, we can't, well, we can't just rely on you to show up seven days a week oh, sober and everything. True. And that oh, is that kind of situation. Yeah, I mean, he's like, yeah, it sucks, but you know, I miss the. Of course, I miss Hamilton, but at least I'm healthy. Well, I think that sometimes. Well, that's a whole other topic for. Yeah, but anyway, but yeah, but that, but yeah, there's a documentary that kind of ties into it as well. It's on Hulu. What's it called? I'm sorry. 
I can't think of the name of it now. I'm trying to look it up right now. Um, hmm, what was it now? Like I said, it was like Love Supreme or something. Um, hold on. Oh, it's a Freestyle, freestyle Love Supreme. Supreme. Hmm. I will give that a look. Um, yeah, we are Freestyle Love Supreme. I'll keep that. Uh, actually, I have IMDb open right now, so I can add that to the watch list. Um, okay, so the other one, I don't think you saw Greyhound. It was an Apple TV. Well, it wasn't supposed no. to be, but it ended up being that because theaters were shut down. It's with Everyone Loves Tom Hanks. He's the captain of the um, Navy. Navy ships are doing Navy transports. And it's about the Greyhounds or what the German submarines were called. And he has to pretty much fight that off. Um, also made my top 10, but with the um, with 2020 being kind of shut down, it was it kind of just got thrown on there. It probably wouldn't have made it with the movies I just I've just seen. Still a good movie. Uh, Tom, good, great Tom Hanks performance. You know, Tom Hanks is great in everything. Uh, he's pretty much a captain that you know they always bring him food and he never eats it because he's trying to get everyone across safely and he's standing all the time in his boots and he finally has to change into slippers because the blood on his his feet's got these blisters and um. If you like World War II movies, you'd like this one. It's a little different because it's by sea. It's a different kind of fighting, obviously, but it's it's enjoyable. I don't know. I, I can watch it because I do have that for free for still until I think like April. I never use Apple for TV. Mom likes but to watch. Like, watch um, she watches stuff on there. She liked Defending Jacob. She liked that starter on it. And she does other um, stuff on there. It's pretty good. Actually, there's an Apple TV. Um, I just saw a trailer. It's with uh, the Russo brothers are making it with Tom Holland. I think it's called Cherry. Oh my! He uh, Tom Holland is a robber, and he is also a war veteran. He's got like PTSD on top of that. He's robbing banks, and there's this line in the trailer. It's kind of funny. He goes, "You know, when you're robbing banks, you're mostly dealing with women." He goes, "So you want to be respectful." It cuts to him robbing a bank. He goes, "Ma'am, I'm sorry. It's nothing personal, but I need all the money." Okay, maybe maybe it's something to keep <laughs> yeah, an eye sure. on. We'll say we'll talk. I guess I should have said that to the end. Oh well. Um, not a lot I want to say about Greyhound because I know you haven't seen it, and it. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just one of those. It's another Tom Hanks history class. I, yeah, that's a good point. Well, it, it it's nothing compared to Saving Private Ryan. Right. No, but you know, but you get what I'm saying though. Like, like it's, a, it's another in one of those series where it's like Tom Hanks takes us through history. But this time, Steven Spielberg. Oh, you know why I take that back? Steven Spielberg may have produced this. I don't want to say that. I'm not 100. I was gonna say not with Steven Spielberg, but then again, I, he may have produced it. I'll have to look. Um, here's a movie again that I know we've both seen, which also made my top ten list, and I think it's it still would have stayed on my top ten list. Was uh, Andy Sandberg's Palm Springs? Okay, I was wondering yeah, what Palm we were going to that movie. put on that because it's right. I saw it right after Greyhound, or at least how I rated it. I'll let you start off with Palm Springs. I think I've started off with all of them. 
I really enjoy Palm Springs. There's not a lot that's no. New it's, if you think if you seen Groundhog's Day, you've but, seen it. Yes, if you've seen Groundhog Day, you've you've seen this movie in a lot of ways. But also, I don't know. There, there's enough in it. I think Andy Samberg actually is doing pretty good in it. Like he actually acts pretty well. Um, yes, he still is dumb sometimes, but like there's an underlying. Well, it gives, it gives him a reason to it. be dumb because it's a day he's living on and on and on. Because it, it, it yes, because it, yes, I think I forget when I think the director did the math and like they like he was <laughs> in this time loop for like yeah, seventy I think I years. Seventy been like seventy years. But doesn't she do? There's a scene in it where she's like happy one thousand and one birthday or something like that. Well, I guess yeah, I don't know. I I don't know for sure, but like J.K. Simmons, big is fan great of J.K. Simmons. Yeah, he's very good in it. Even he's not a big part of it, but he shows up here and there. No, he's also that's the only thing. This is the, I think that's the big difference is in this movie is like in Groundhog's Day or another movie I'm a big fan of of Edge of Tomorrow. Where t- it's Bill Murray stuck. He's the only one that's stuck in it, and Tom Cruise is the only one that's. Oh no, Emily Blunt is too. I take that back. Um, but in mm-hmm. or Emily Blunt used to be stuck in it. That was the story there. She used to be, but she got out. Um, sorry, spoiler edge of tomorrow, but they tell you right off the bat. Um, in Palm Springs, Andy Samberg's stuck in it. J.K. Simmons is stuck in it, and then, oh man, what's the actress's name? Uh, uh, that's how, how the I mother, mother from yeah. How I Met Your Mother. Um, Kristen. Oh, she's got an Italian name. I can't. Pre- I don't want to screw it up. Um, she's kind of. They're both. Her and Andy Samberg are the main character, but that movie opens with her getting stuck. Her going into it with Andy Samberg because Andy already is in it and J.K.'s in it, and then the movie starts. She's not in it yet. He's stuck. He gets sucked into. It. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's very good in it. I liked her performance in it a lot. Uh, I liked Andy, Andy Samberg was great. It was funny. It was touching, especially the moment where he goes, he's totally broke, spoiler, but he's, you know, totally broken down. Uh, she's wants to get out and she doesn't want to accept this life anymore. And he goes to J.K. Simmons's house. J.K. wakes up in a whole different, like, county. Like, he's like an hour away. That's where he wakes because that's where he started the day. So he's Yes, he, well, yeah. yeah, he started the day, yeah. And they have that nice moment, and he's talking, and you know, J.K. finally accepted, you know, why. He's, this is going to be his life. He might as well accept these moments. Yeah, well, because it's a fair, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, he's been doing this for so long, because uh, throughout the movie, um, he actually tries to kill. Cause he, well, he's pissed that he gets. He hates, he got yeah, because he's so mad that he's stuck in this time loop. That he just spends so many of the different days just trying yeah. to kill him in different ways. Um, but then finally, it got to the point where he's just come to accept, like, I will never see yeah. my children grow oh. up. I will never I will never get to grow old with my wife. But I get to, I get to live, have yeah, these moments. relive these moments over and over again. And, uh, and he points out, like, it's not really that bad of a day. No, like we're not fighting, the kids are okay. Right. He's sitting I there. Know what happens, like, I like the moment where he's like, you know, there, my son there is about to go water some dog shit. <laughs> yeah, it's... well, yeah, just kind of, just accepting that 
yeah, this is my life, but it's not right. the worst day it could have yeah. been. Yeah, and it's I like that at the end of that too, where Andy Samberg's like, "Do you mind killing me one last time? I don't want to beat. The, I don't want to sit in traffic." And J.K.'s like, "Sure, let's go out back." <laughs> but then that nice moment right before he kills him, he goes, "I really hope you find what you're looking for, man." Yeah, that's a nice. Yeah, that's a nice send off because that that's gonna be the last. Like I'm done hunting you. We're not going to yeah. see each other ever again. I don't want to see you. Oh, it, I like Palm Springs. It definitely would have stayed on my list. Um, do you have anything else left to say about Palm Springs? Try not to get too much away, or in case people. I mean, no. I, it's, it's a fun movie. You know, if you want looking for a fun Friday night, Saturday night movie, you can put on Palm Springs, and I think you can people will enjoy it. Especially if they're Andy. I know there's a lot of Andy Samberg fans out there. You know, um, I think they'll enjoy it. Now, here's a director that I'm a big fan of. It was a movie that you were afraid of. You were afraid of what <laughs> Annihilation had done to you. You were afraid of what this one was going to do to you, and that was Christopher Nolan's Tenet. And mm-hmm. it also made my list top ten, and I stand by it. I will keep it on there. Uh, this was the second movie out of the two we saw that we got to see in the theater in IMAX. We were the only... Oh, no, there's one other guy above us, wasn't there? Um, yeah. If you uh, anyone's familiar with Christopher Nolan's work, you will... This is him really just showing you how much smarter he is than everyone else. Um, no, I would not say that... <laughs> Yes, I mean that's all his movies, pretty much. Yeah. That's the but, point. But he, do, he doesn't do it like a cocky way. I mean, he's very he's, but, he likes his practical effects. I and story. He, yes, it's practical effects. I this one I enjoyed more than other movies that he's done. Really, like Inception and Dark um, Knight and all that. Really? No, not that. No, no, not that one. I'm talking about the. Oh, I'm not going to go into it. Oh, okay. Yes. We can skip it. We don't have to talk about Dunkirk. <laughs> Go ahead. That one's a little no, different. Not. But I because well I I will say this though, like the third the first third of this movie is a drag. Yeah. It's you a see lot Michael of Michael Caine uh, talk with his mouth full. You're mm-hmm. you're gonna have to scrim you know, you're just gonna have to bear it because it's I almost fell asleep. I'm not even joking. I actually oh, dozed off for a split second. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, but then there's a reveal that just puts everything kind of in the middle. I, I know what you're talking know. about. And it's actually funny because that first third you're talking about, I think he does makes it a drag on purpose. Because once that, once everything starts picking up, when they go, and it's hard to explain. I don't want to give this movie away because it's definitely a movie you guys should see. And see it twice. I have not watched it again twice, though. So I really shouldn't be talking, but that's what the critics said. Um, that when the, he's finally, you know, the here's a, I guess, spoiler. It, it, he can go and he goes back in time and they walk backwards in that part where he's in that mode. He's going through the first third of the movie, but backwards. So he's got another version of himself going forward and he's going backwards. So it's really cool. You, like, there's stuff that you can see. Like that, I think this, that's why the second time is so slow, because you can see stuff that you're gonna you're like you're gonna fight figure out. 
Like you're gonna see him. Like you can pick the places of John David Washington, who's Denzel Washington's son. You can probably find him going in the back in the reverse timeline. I can't. I'm pretty sure. We're not gonna go. I'm not gonna go into this because you just said. Well, I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get into the ending where we both really, really liked it. I will say this: this that ending is his Casablanca yes. ending. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. That that is that that is a nod to. I feel. I, I feel like this is the start mm-hmm. of a wonderful. Beautiful I agree friendship. with that completely, and that's why I don't want to get into that because um, John David Washington's in it, and then also an actor who has escaped his twilight shackles. Robert Pattinson, I, I, I mean, he is unrecognizable. He is fantastic. Now. I mean, I didn't want to give him a shot. I know when we first talked about Good Time, he like, he really got to watch this great movie. I'm like, oh, Robert Pattinson. And I watched it. I'm like, oh my god. I he his performance in that is right up there. I would say with uh, Pacino's uh, yeah. in, um, Dog Day Afternoon. I, I would say. Like, like in just terms of like a desperate criminal that's just willing to do anything. Yeah. Like back against the wall. Like I, I would suggest bad. anyone to find a post Twilight Robert Pattinson movie because they've all, all the ones I've seen. Even like Lost City of Z, I know isn't like acclaimed to be the best movie, but his performance in Lost City of Z is really good. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, yeah, he did a. Yeah, hundred percent. And, he, and he's even good in the lighthouse. And the lighthouse is is two thousand one Space Odyssey for uh, sailors. <laughs> I, I watched it. The lighthouse it was like I, I did like a I three a movie marathon. It was like the third one I watched. It was like one a.m. and then the ending's coming in. I'm like, but I I'm like, did I put? I on would never watch that. I, I... That would be you a terrible. You should watch it. Idea. <laughs> it I'm not saying it's a terrible idea to watch the movie in general, but like, well, that no, not, way, not the way I did it. That sounds. I don't like even a terrible remember what movie I watched idea. beforehand. I know I, if I looked at them, they can figure it out. <laughs> I know I was. I, I know I was alive. Well, it's one of those moments where you're kind of starting baby, to doze, and then and like you're kind of like you go out for a second. And you wake up immediately, and some weird shit's going on. And it's not okay. We're not, we should, White House was a year ago. We can get off. But Robert Pattinson in it. He's really good. I recommend Robert post Robert post Twilight. Robert Pattinson is a whole different actor, and he's very and he, good. Yes, in tennis, he's yeah. the yeah. He's the supporting role. In, I wouldn't even say supporting, but he's very good. In tennis. I would say supporting. Um, did you ever get to the new Borat movie? Twenty twenty gave us a new. Borat. No, I did not watch. I didn't watch the new Borat movie, although I saw actually a very kind review to it. Yeah, it, it was. Um, it's not as funny. Eh, I shouldn't say that. It's, it has its moments where it's funny. You know, it's definitely the cringe, pranky. You know, he's doing himself, but because everyone knows Borat, he's not really Borat throughout the movie. He like he's he is him, but he's Borat in another disguise because everyone and he he. Shows that pretty early on, because yeah, I know, I knew that part. Like, I know that part. Like, they have someone, like they have like a couple, like people, like run up to him, and like he like hides in his suit and yeah. runs away. Yeah, kind of a thing. It's and then that's where the famous. Uh, I think everyone knows this. The famous Rudy Giuliani 
being a pervert scene comes from or why everyone well I mean everyone knew that probably but but and it, yeah anyway um oh damn we just I, lost yeah, the I did not see the on our podcast <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep talking here because I'm gonna keep ignoring that you exist. Anyway, okay, so we'll ignore Borat. I did not. I didn't get to see the Borat's a no topic on this one. <sighs> okay, you want? To, oh, you didn't what, see Borat. Do you want me? To, do you want to pick a movie that you saw? No. Um. Well, because uh, because the t- movies I saw were not in any particular order, but like I said, like by the end of the year. I don't know what the release dates were. You have an idea so, of them, so that's why uh, I'm okay. kind of letting you take the lead here. Um, I don't know. The I don't know if you dates. caught. Well, now, now I think we're at the end, towards the end of what I see. But um, not towards the end. We got a couple more, but uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is officially Chadwick Boseman's last movie. He was not alive when this was released. Um, also, it's an adaptation of a play. Denzel Washington. Um, had the rights to it. He's not in it. He produces it just like he did Fences. So if anyone's seen... I have not seen Fences, but if you've seen Fences, I've heard this movie's pretty much that because it's the same um, writing or adaptation to it because it's a play that's turned into a movie. I didn't, oh, you I didn't finish it. it. I did start it. Um, I liked it, but you can tell that they... like. The back and forth, I feel like, is it's very much what would be on stage. That's what I'm talking. About. That's what I'm. I, that you, you, the 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 rapport between like rapport between the band members, like as they're talking before Ma gets okay, there. So that's where I was. At. You pretty much nailed what I was trying to say, but I couldn't. I guess I don't know English that well. Uh, like the rapport back to you, back and forth, and like, and that's yeah, why so, this. Yeah. So that's what I was trying to say is that it's like you can tell it's a based off a play and it's being shot like a play or it's being played out like one because it's not a big you know they're just stuck in one building the whole time that's the whole movie except for the opening where they're in the concert at the um, oh shoot I don't know where they open I can't remember where it stated is when they open up it was down south and then they go up to Chicago yes well I'm gonna we'll move from my rainies because you hadn't seen it but it's it's good. It also made my list. Um, with the movies like we haven't talked about yet, it's being seen. I think it still would have made it, but probably would have been pushed down to the bottom half. Mm. I don't know. I like I, said, I I can't say much. I because I think that the next few movies I've seen that you're going to talk well, to bring uh, up. It's Soul. I was going to bring up, but I was going. to Hit Wonder Woman first. Well, I I, well, I, I want to well, I want to be towards the end of it. Wonder Woman eight, 1984 was not. So you don't like Wonder Woman eighty four? No. I still have not yet to see it. I don't really have much interest. I don't know why. I honestly I don't like the suit that she's in. There's a reason for that suit. Um. I'm not gonna. They they give a reason why that suit exists. It's not what you think it would be. Mm. Um, but White Wonder Woman 1984 was probably one of the lower 
lower disappointments for 2020 movies. So I will mm. pass the torch over to you because this is going to be a movie near and dear to your heart. I, I mean, are we going wait, there? Wait, or are we going? Okay, we okay, fine. We can go there. I know it's. I know it's when you want to get to, but I <laughs> thought since this is one of the ones that came up just now. I mean, we're talking yeah. about soul. Hold back. You need tissues. I'll give you a it's second. Just... <laughs> it's just. It, it makes me want to live. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> well, that's the whole point of the movie. Oh, yes. I knew that. And the whole point of the movie, the whole point of the movie actually is um, showing you what happens. With different like obsession mm-hmm. and knowing and like there's there's between like your passions and what you want to do with your life in terms of career profession stuff like that and what your life yeah. is actually about and there's a difference because so much of the time you see like he'll say things like um because Joe is a jazz player that's trying to get into a jazz band and actually play professionally. He's right. middle age at this point. He's gotten a lot of rejection at this point. He still is in that mindset of once I nail this gig, my right. life will begin. Mm-hmm. And that's not the point. Yeah. You already lived. You All, all those moments that you ignored. Yeah. They, like, they were a lot, like, they were the moments. That you remember, uh, like you know, him standing in the in the water in the beach, and you know, eating a piece of pie by himself and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, it was my number one of the year. I'm sure it was yours as well. Um, I don't want to get too much in the plot because I think this is a movie people should definitely see, knowing nothing, even though maybe they have seen it and they're listening. If they, if we've guess someone who's seen it and listened to this podcast, um. Jamie Foxx is Joe. Does a, you know, voice acting, I guess, isn't... It's good. You know, I, and Tina Fey is um, the lost soul. 22, I believe. Yeah, she's 22. And then uh, Graham Norton mm-hmm. pops up as the... Uh, <laughs> his role's kind of funny, actually. I liked his part. Um, David Diggs is in it for that cameo. Who Who is he in it? Um, he's a uh, one of the oh, Marshawn uh, guys. Oh, he's a, he's the mean guy. Yeah, the mean guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mean yeah, guy. Okay. Cool. Oh, okay. I, I knew he sounded familiar. I couldn't figure out who he was. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's the he did, okay. he did a cameo. Okay. For him. Oh, now I love the movie even more. <laughs> um, very great. I, it's definitely up there with uh, same guy who made Inside Out. Um. Well, also, uh, it, uh, he co-directed it. Didn't he co-write it? I think he co-wrote it too. You co-wrote too, but yes. Yeah. Can't go wrong with Pixar. Pixar Disney movies, they're always... Well, I haven't seen Onward. Yes, I, I would give uh, Kemp Powers a, a lot of credit for this movie. That's okay. the other director in this. Yeah, so uh, definitely go and see it. So it's free on Disney+. Plus. 
which I was happy about. I you know we had the argument yeah, I was, was not going to pay $30 for it, but. And I was fighting every second because I'm like, I, I need to see this movie. It came out free, thank God. But you know what? Seeing the movie now, I I would have I would have paid the thirty dollars. Yeah, I would have I would have paid for it. And that's coming from me. Um, do you wanna do let's see. I'll deceive those for recommendations because I know you haven't seen it. There's two we can do. Trial of the Chicago Seven or On the Rocks. I mean, let's get into them because I think that those movies. I think Trial of the, uh, Trial of the Chicago Seven has something that resonates at least with a lot of the protests that we saw throughout the summer of 2020. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's a real, it's a true story. Um, for one. It, it's a story. Yes, well, it's Trial of Chicago Seven is the story of um, the men who were put on trial for at least in the uh, court's idea was inciting the the Chicago, the Chicago riots Outside of, back in, during the Democratic, um, Democratic National Convention back in it was um, Nixon versus Humphrey. Humphrey. Uh, well, it was it was there it was when they were nominating. Yeah. Their candidate. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen is the is that I agree. best. I think. I agree. It's one of his more serious ones. I mean, he's still goofy in it, but he's being goofy in it for a different reason. Well, I mean, I get. He, mm-hmm. I really, if you think about he, it, more, at, there's a reason he's doing what he's doing. Maybe in the second one, the second one to this year, he was he had a bigger reason behind it. So it was just being a prank show. Mm-hmm. And yes, and he, well, those are more being shocking, yeah, and try and and stuff like that. This is more he is being he plays Abby Hoffman in the movie, and he's just trying to be pre, he he's pretty much being the pretentious mm-hmm. hippie, yeah, that would um, become the face of the political left in America for the next what fifty years, right? Yeah, I think Joey Hayden even says that. To his face, so mm-hmm. like, what's your problem with me, man? Well, it, he goes into why he's just doesn't agree with. That. Yes, a, a Redmayne, I, which also I'm not is, a fan. Yeah, the other, I'm uh, not a fan of a Redmayne, but I was a very, very big fan of him in this movie. I I liked him in this movie. I I don't have a real my, my I don't have a problem, problem with him either. He, he's just kind of like. Eh. And then they, in this movie, I would say, oh, he's it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, yeah, he has he his moments in this movie. I mean, it's, it's Aaron Sorkin, which I love. Yes, I was going to say, I was ringing rape Aaron Sorkin because we're very big fans of his with uh, The Newsroom. He's also known for West Wing. And, and Social Network. Uh, yeah, Social Network. Good. He wrote it. He wrote it. Because David Fincher um, does the directing, doesn't he? But yes, David. It's David Fincher. Yeah. Uh, Mark Ray. I was going to talk um, about Mark Raylance real quick. He's a defense lawyer. Mm-hmm, yeah. I felt like he mm-hmm. won. He won the best supporting actor for uh, Bridge of Spies. And I didn't really agree with that. So who he was going up against? You know, we had Sylvester Stallone as is Rocky Balboa in Creed. 
the first one. Tom Hardy as the Revenant. In the Revenant, I'm sorry. He was I feel like those two were probably would have should have beaten him out. However, I feel like at this movie, with the when the Oscars if they come out, I feel like he should win Best Supporting Actor for Trial of the Chicago Seven instead of Bridge of Spies. I feel like he deserved the the Oscar for this one more than he did in Bridge of Spies. Not that he was bad in Bridge of Spies. It's just I think he was really good in this movie as the defense. So I can't think of his name. At the hmm. character's uh, name. The character's name or uh, Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's Kunstler. Yeah, uh, he was really good in this movie. I like him a lot as a lawyer. Obviously, he's also was a big advocate for civil rights. Uh, so obviously why he was on the case. And the whole how he situation, how he dealt with um, Bobby Steele situation, which is Bobby, yeah, Bobby Seals' situation of being of them. Um, he was the Bobby Seal was the leader of the Black Panthers at this time, back in the sixties and seventies, and this was this was pretty much them trying to put the leader of Black Panthers mixed in with the Chicago Seven just to try and right get because them he's all actually connected. not considered one of the seven. He's actually eighth. No, we no because, yeah, be, well, because like they keep pointing out, like I was in Chicago yeah. for four hours. I made a speech. I went to a diner. I had a chicken pot pie. Yeah, and I flew home. Now, what did right. I do? And the wrong? judge is just a complete. Yeah, the judge is so it's infuriating, and I I enjoy how much they made him so infuriating. You want yeah. to punch him? Well, even the. Even the defense lawyers, you know, he keeps saying, he goes, you have a lawyer right there. He goes, no, my lawyer's in the hospital. And then anyone who doesn't know the story, I think his name's Gary, the lawyer there. But he goes, my lawyer, mm-hmm. I hear, he goes, you have a lawyer right next to you. And counselor's constantly like, no, he's not. No, he's not. I said, I'm not his lawyer. And he kept injecting. And finally, like, when he finally snaps the lawyer, defense lawyer, counselor, when he says, your lawyer, you have a lawyer sitting right next to you. He goes, no, he does not. And he starts giving all these contempt of courts because he keeps saying no. And it's, it's, it's well, and everyone at some point says yeah. like he's not his lawyer. Like I like how um, uh, Rennie also like uh, like he who's like who I mean, it must be because like h- him and Hoffman are kind of what the hippies are based on as a joke. So like he, the voice is must yeah must be how, like how like you get like a stoner voice yeah. like of a hippie stoner. That's yeah. Rennie's voice throughout this movie, except that he's not playing a. He's not playing a joke. That's actually just him. <laughs> and uh, like just hearing him all of a sudden get mad out loud in the middle of the court was like, how many times did oh, he yeah. say it? I talk about, yeah. Like, right. He's not Bobby's like, lawyer. I'll get mad at him. And then um, John, uh, is it David Lynch? Or is it, yeah, David, John Carroll Lynch. I'm John Carroll Lynch. He's also really good in it. He plays the uh, pacifist. Dodge the World yeah, War II. Uh, he, yeah, he's the. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, oh, I forget the name. I forget how they how they called it, but yeah, he he opted yeah. out of fighting in World War Two. And even I think Kunstler even says he goes, "Man, you opted out of World War Two. Even I want to punch you." Yeah. Oh yeah, he was a conscientious conscientious objector to war. It's like well, there's a lot of people that are doing that. Yeah, not, not World to War World II, War Two yeah, because if they're protesting, the Vietnam War is going on obviously at this time too. Yes, that's protests yes, that's all the protests are about for this moment are about uh, the Vietnam War, and you see, um, 
the different perspectives on it throughout because all these people are actually not really connected at all as you well they are and they aren't they are and they aren't like it was pretty much that one day or well yeah they knew who they knew who each other were but they but they didn't want to interact with each other um trying to think what else um Obviously, a lot of the movie takes place in the courtroom, but it gives you enough to... Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is good. I don't think he's actually a real person. And he might be. I know his boss... I know his boss I have no idea. Not 100% if Joseph Gordon's character is a real... real enough. I, he may be a, a mix of... Um, his his character is very much like the, it, the olive branch to... The government. I I think he's playing a couple different people. Like you know, do that for historical movies. They kind of combine a couple people into one character. I think Mm -hmm. that's who he is. Although I do enjoy the flashbacks of like what actually went down during the protests and riots (laughs) and everything during that week, and um, when they start bringing in for the trial all the undercover operatives that they had, and then like just that that quiet moment when they whisper. Do you think there was only seven people, pro, uh, seven protesters, undercover and just cops. ten thousand? Yeah, undercover cops. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, Charles Chicago Seven is definitely a movie that people should see, and it resonates with what happened before already. I'm stuck in the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess on a lighter note, we can talk about Bill Murray. I don't know if it's really a lighter note because On the Rocks has a mm-hmm. lot to say. Yeah, but it, it, he still had throughout the movie, he still has that Bill Murray. Uh, yeah, so he he still yes he has the the, the yeah. wink and the charm of Bill Murray. So and it, that's this the is point also, of the character. Go ahead, he's sorry. charismatic. He's charismatic. Yes, which, and this is also on Apple TV. Another reason to get it at it at least mm-hmm. because um, Apple, yeah. Rashida Jones is his daughter in the movie and she's married and has kids and um he's like the estranged not estranged he's just can't stay in one he can't seem to stay in one place cuz he's divorced their mom and he's just well he's a art seller isn't he isn't that his, wasn't that his job yeah Yes, yes, yeah, he, yeah, he's semi retired, yeah. semi retired, and he's obviously but... he's got money, so he can kind of do every anything he wants, and he does do everything, anything he wants. Um, and you pointed out, I'll let you say it because I know this is what this was your point, so I don't want to steal it. Well, I was I gonna bring a lot of points how all it was, um, like we said, what... he has all these acquaintances, but he really doesn't have any friends. No, and that's a big point of his character because throughout the movie, what we see is Rashida Jones, um, and her husband. She's going through a difficult time because she is fi- she's trying to get back into working after having kids she's and stuff. She's a writer. She's that's what. And name. she's a writer, right? And she's having writer's block, not just writer's block, but also she's feeling that her husband's being distant because he's just starting this new business and he has this. Uh, I think I she's know, one assistant. of the owners of the company. I don't, I don't know what she, she's yeah, one of the like, described her as. 
think she's one is of she, the um, what she do? I don't know what to call it. I'm not a business major. I, it, anyway, she anyway she's uh, uh, anyway she is the female coworker that starts making uh, she yeah. own second guess everything, and that uh, we and I I like the fact that it shows what can happen when you when a person brings their own personal baggage into a new relationship. That's what this movie is showing because it's showing because um, Bill Murray is her dad and we learned throughout the movie that Bill Murray cheated on the mother and bro- and that's what broke them up and stuff and you see that how much of an effect that had on them, both of them, that their personal experiences are what making th- are what making them now uh, suspect that Rashida Jones' husband is right. having an affair with the coworker, and he he th- yeah calls him. Do they? What do you think of this? He goes, oh, hundred percent. He goes, and he shines up showing up and gets fully blown in investigating this. Yes, it's yeah, it's partly because he's lonely. He's an, he's an incredibly lonely guy, and he's not. And he also he wants someone. He wants a companion. He wants a companion the same way that like I said before as a joke to you. Rick from Rick and Morty wants a companion. He wants yeah. a wide-eyed person to stand there in awe of him. Yeah. In awe of his money, in awe of what he can do. And that's where she it's that's where he gets out of Rashida Jones at the moment. Because she and she still wants to some relationship somehow with her right. father who was not there. Yeah, I and there's a line at the end that we both really liked, and I don't really want to say it because I want to watch it. No, I, I say because I, I, I really enjoy saying because, like I said, because also it shows, um, like I said, the baggage that one can bring from their own personal trauma and whatnot. Like she, like the fact that she's dealing with, she dealt with the, you know, her father not being around, her father not being not being true and stuff, and so. He's feeding into that because also that's how he would act. Right. He like like they're they're putting they're projecting the worst on um I think on the husband because that's what Bill Murray would do. That's what Bill Murray's character would do. Yeah. Yeah, I like On the Rocks a lot. I liked it a lot more actually. My mom actually getting sucked into it as well. Um. I was not for I was not first sold with this movie, but because I know you're not mind. a fan of Sofia Coppola movies. That is Sofia Coppola. No, I'm not. The daughter of Francis Ford Coppola, who we mentioned earlier with Apocalypse Now. Yeah, I. Mean, but yeah, it changed my mind with this movie. By the end, I was very satisfied with it. It was a surprising one. I know I saw it on a couple lists. Um, not a lot. I think kind of. I think the Apple TV kind of. It, it, it honestly, it's a real shame it's on there. Yeah, because I think that this movie deserves to get uh, to get more of a wider release and whatnot. Of course, it can't because everything's shut down, many places, blah blah. But like, I think it deserves to have a fair shake and not just be put behind a paywall of Apple TV. That unless you bought an iPhone in the past six months, well, you, I, no one's really going. It's not that expensive. I have it. it, and it's really not. It's really not going to break your wallet, but it 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 it's a part of that 
thing of, oh, it's another subscription. Yeah, I get it. It's another paywall. And a lot of people, not just me, but a lot of people are fatigued about that. Like, are you telling me I'm going to subscribe to another streaming platform? I get it. But I think, uh, maybe not Greyhound. You can watch it if you get it. But if you get a free subscription to it, On the Rocks is definitely the first thing you should watch on it. And if you're into binging shows, you can do Defending Jacob. But On the Rocks is definitely um, would have made my list if I had seen it prior to making it. It probably would have been in the top five. Yeah, I didn't have a list this year just because of how Lil was out and whatnot. I didn't see. But yeah, that that would have been on a list of my own for a year for movies of 2020 because that it was. It was special. And it, it's definitely, you know, like it you really said, the father-daughter thing and Bill Murray's own issues and Trisha has character's own issues. And the and the generational um, like, it's a generational issue of like how Bill Murray acts with the world and how the world has probably yeah. more changed. Yeah. Especially the how he hits on all the women and all that. Yes, he hit, yes he will hit on every woman, and he can't help it because not just because of, like like I said, not just a generational thing, but also just because that because he wants approval, not from he doesn't want you to get close, but he wants just like kind of your acquaintance approval, right? He he, he is someone who aggressively does not want he he cannot be put into one box. Like he cannot sit and be the family man. Like he has to run away. He has to go like, like by the end of the movie, he even offers to take Rashida Jones on some luxurious trip to I forget where was it? It was some kind of penthouse. I don't know where suite. it was either. But I, that was towards the end, yeah. And she Yeah, and and, it, and the reality well, that's is just no the line. Just, that, I know that's the line no. that we both like, but Is it also the, the importance of communication, actual mm-hmm. communication, and like relationships? Um, like, like everything gets resolved within five minutes of her just talking to her husband. Yeah. Like the entire movie could be resolved with a five-minute converse, honest, right. br- like blunt and- conversation of just no, I, no, I, I, no, I would never cheat on you. Uh, do we say everything we want to say about on the rocks, or did you want to keep going with that? Okay. No, so there's, I think that's it for uh, right now. Two I really want to just recommend to you. And then one, I know you said you've seen Action Point. I have not. But it goes a lot hand in hand with Class Action Park, which is a documentary on HBO Max. Uh, I heard it was good. It made a lot of lists. Um, it goes more into, it actually interviews people who had worked there. And people, who, yeah, it has people that oh, worked there. They talk about the creator, Gene Mulvanil. I think I said his name right. It has people who attended the park, two of them being celebrities. Um, goes into how it was created, kind of gives the backgrounds of what was going on during the park by the employees and how what their relationship was with Gene. Um, interesting watch. Um, if you, know, you kind of know about it, it's cool, but it gives you more insight onto the madman who created this park 
Yeah, they know that. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's more of a true documentary. I mean, a- Action Point is just a giant Knoxville right. comedy that took advantage of the fact that there's this outrageous man who did these outrageous stunts. And they actually show the uh, when they open it the clip of Johnny Knoxville on Jimmy Kimmel talking about it. Yeah, um, yeah. The other movie I just saw last. I actually watched them back to back. Uh, it was funny because I was it's First Cow and The Sound of Metal. And I was more excited to watch First Cow than I was Sound of Metal. But after watching them back to back, I liked Sound of Metal more than I liked First Cow. Not the so, okay, I don't even know what First, First Cow, Cow is. Honestly. So First Cow, it takes place in like the 1820s. And it follows, uh, what's the actor's name? He uh he's in like a lot of small stuff. John Margo. He is like, I like, I, he's in, like orange face, I would probably recognize him right like, away. But like kind on. of side character, never like the the lead. Uh, but he's a very very okay, quiet know, okay. man. And when he's a he's actually a, a cook, and he's tra- and the movie opens with him traveling with these trappers. They're trying to get like beaver skins. This is the eighteen twenties, so that's how they make their money. And then he comes across this um, Chinese man who's being wanted for he killed a Russian guy. He shot him, and so they kind of he saves him, and he kind of sparks his friendship. Time passes anyway. They come across the they're in Oregon, and this, this is this big deal. So this um, rich British man, Toby Jones, is actually he's the guy. He brings these cows up, and only two two die and one survives. So it's like the first cow that has come to the west like the northwestern coast um and he wants to become a baker so they end up going in and trying i'm not gonna give it all away but i uh, i guess a little bit of not a spoiler but he starts stealing milk from the cow and he starts making these great biscuits and i want to say it's almost like chef because he's trying to do something more he's trying to bring bakery to the you know the new frontier it's the case actually says it's like it's a western it's a buddy movie and it it is both of those very slow Hmm. it's a very simple Hmm. movie you know there's not a lot of you know unlike the five bloods that has a lot going there's really just one thing going which i think some movies try to throw too much at you where first yeah, where well, first cow is like to do that. bare bones. This is a there's the story. Here's what you're gonna get. It doesn't really throw too much else at you. Oh, not that the five bloods is bad for doing that. It does it very well. But first cow really strips all that other, like most movies who don't succeed at it, takes all that away. Like kind of strips it all out. And I, I liked it. It's very calming. You know, I'm watch. I was watching it. I just come off of this other movie, Sound of Metal. Which does have a lot going in it, uh, not as much as the Five Bloods, but um, I'd recommend First Cow. May not be for everyone, which is fine. I'm not here to tell you you're wrong for we're not here. Well, we're not here to tell you you're wrong for not. Well, you, you, yeah. I am. I will. Well, I know when it comes. Well, we'll get into that later. But uh, the other one I would recommend is Sound of Metal. I know you've actually brought it up to me that it was being really critically appraised, and I also. Had not heard of it, and I got a chance to watch it, and I was very great. Riz Ahmed gives probably one of the best performances I've seen. 
he is actually for him, coming from him. Let me take that back. Best performance I've seen from him. And even as a whole, he's really, really good. And he's about a drummer in a heavy metal band who goes completely deaf. And he has to try and figure out how to live with that. And a very good movie. Um, I'd say he should be nominated for Best Actor. Depending on the nominees, if he is, I'd say he should probably win. Because uh, it was a very good movie. Paul Racy's in it. He's um, not deaf, but he I think he's he's a big advocate for um, sign language, isn't he? Like He does a lot of fundraising for uh, Paul Racy. Who does? I don't know. I'm uh, not he's sure. It, but he's very good. Um, Lauren Rindolph, who is actually deaf, is in it. She is not very well known, but she has a role in The Walking Dead. She's the new. She was supposed to be the new love interest for Daryl, and now she's also going to be um, in the Eternals movie, the Marvel new Marvel's Eternals. Um, she's very good. She was. I liked her in Walking Dead a lot too. I was surprised when she showed up here. I'm like, oh okay. I said that makes sense because she's actually deaf in real life as well. Um, but I would highly recommend First Cow and Sound of Metal. Both would have made my list. Sound of Metal top in the top five, and First Cow would have probably been towards the bottom, if not maybe the ten in the ten spot. And Class Action Park would have been there too, probably somewhere in the middle. Um, anything else you are excited to see coming up in twenty twenty one? Um, anyway, I've already discussed it. Just uh, my goal is to see In the Heights in the theater. I agree. I would like to see that in the theater as well. They were open. Um, John David Washington's coming out with a movie with Zendaya on Netflix. It's going to be a character. I think I told you about it. It's going to be a character study. It's literally only oh, Marie yes, and... Um, I do want to see that. Oh, shoot. Oh, let me get the title. John. I know what we were talking about, though. I do want to see that. It's a character study yeah. of just them kind of locked in a room and what they do. Kind of like, um, I really Jones did a movie with Sam Jackson that was like that. There, there is a movie. Malcolm like, and Marie. The name of it. it was based on a play, though. I think it's coming out in February. But yeah, that's going to be good. Um, the Cherry. It's, it's, I just looked at it. It's Cherry. That's going to be the Russo Brothers and Tom Holland movie believe on Apple TV. Uh, Black Widow we're supposed to be getting even though we were supposed to get that last year. Yeah, that's the movie that's one there's another one of the movies because it well obviously reasons why I got yeah. pushed back. But it feels like it's been for so long that I forgot that it exists. I just want to see David Harbour again. I forget that yeah, he's in that. It's gonna be yeah, good. He'll, he'll I think be good. David Harbour is an up and coming. Obviously, we're gonna get. It's, this is a movie podcast, but he's very well known for Jim Hopper and Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you're looking forward to? Mm, not that I can think well, of. I guess we can wrap it up. We can uh, hopefully thank listeners. If everyone chooses to listen into this podcast, we'd enjoy it. Uh, we'll be coming out with some more depending, you know, schedules. We both work other jobs, so we will try and get at least one done a week, maybe two if we're lucky. 
And um, anything you have any closing words? Um, just so uh, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram. It's yet another movie podcast. And uh, what is the yeah. handle on Twitter? Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to pick it, but it's yet another movie pack podcast Twitter. I think the at is movie yet. All right. So let's see. Those are those are places you can follow us as well, and just keep updated on what we're doing, what we're going to be making. We have a lot we of do. ideas. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm excited for a lot of them. Um, hopefully, you guys. Once we figure it out, once we get listeners, maybe you guys will too. And hopefully, we can uh, build this up. So that'll do it. Uh, once again, Evan and Drew kind of signing off, and we'll hope to talk, uh, send you more content next week. Yep. Bye, everybody. Well-